Hello and welcome back to Hold On I'm Talking Brother. My name is Joe Greenwood and you are listening to our UFC 279 review. Diaz versus Ferguson in the welterweight division. And Tom Ballon, last week's episode for us aged like a glass of milk in the sun. It was pretty much irrelevant as soon as we uploaded it. And crazy stuff happened this weekend with regards to the UFC. And Tom, I've got a very simple question for you. Who was the knight in shining armor for this pay-per-view? Uh, very apt question, Joe, because there were a few names that stood out um, and a few people have been getting crazed after the card, after the event. But I think we actually have to look back and kind of break down what actually went down here to give us this very strange, contrived card we ended up with mm. uh, to really fully explore who gets the medal for that one. Um, well, let's start there. Uh, press conference on the Thursday happens, uh, or doesn't happen, gets cancelled due to what? Kevin Holland. Well, I, Go on, Tom. <laughs> well, I was there live, Joe. I was pretty excited <laughs> Pretty excited about this, stayed up late. And uh, it was pretty apparent pretty early on in that one that there was something up. Right. Um, they only set out two chairs. Right. And they were like running on stage to put up the, the name tags for each fighter coming out individually. Um, Dana was there. It all looked like very haphazard. Not like the organized nature of, of our pod, which is thoroughly planned um, of course. and executed on time. Uh, hence why we got our pod out there. And it was then shad on by the disorganized UFC because, Joe, uh, Dana was caught up on stage and he had to call it off after having just have had Kevin Holland and um oh Kevin Holland and yeah D Rod Hamzat Shemaev. Well, no, sorry, it was Kevin Holland D Rod on the stage talking oh. about their their perspective matchup. They did have a press conference, right? <laughs> sort Those of. Two. They were kind of like yeah, just like warming the mic. I don't know. Imagine like a stand-up comedy event, and they just kind of like shuffle out the intern because right. like the comedians doing lines in the back or something (laughs) (laughs) and they were just kind of like all right and they kept looking over their shoulder to see when the main act was coming right uh main act didn't emerge dana left red face some some other bold dana lookalike comes up whispers something in dana's ear and you can hear him say ah just cut it (laughs) just uh, shaking his arms uh goofcon one activated red face and then yeah uh, for everybody for public safety that's mad. called off. That's mad. Uh, they talked about this that Holland and Shemaev got into it backstage, and that uh, Diaz, uh, Diaz's crew then rolled up, and Diaz had a crew of fifty plus, <laughs> and then they started getting into Shemaev's crew, which was thirty-seven people, I think Dana said. Wow, which is, which is insane, isn't it? Like it's yeah. insane. Um, so that that goes down, and you're thinking, can't wait to see the footage of that. No footage comes out. Which is ludicrous. So obviously the UFC has said to all these guys and their camera people, don't you dare upload any of this until we've done it so we can make some money off of this. Then we cut to the Friday and the weigh-in start and the whispers start as well. Chimaev isn't going to make weight. Everyone knew this. Ariel was tweeting out that it's £10 over, which is crazy, (laughs) crazy. Diaz rocks up. He's fist bumping people. He's high five and he's looking happy. It's one seventy one on the mark. Chimaev comes out and weighs one hundred and seventy eight and a half pounds, seven and a half pounds over. Many stories now have come out about what happened. Uh, Dana's claiming it was the, the doctor that stopped the weight cut. Uh, Chimaev's coach today has said it was mm. him that stopped the weight cut, mm. which is interesting. Well, so once Shemaev's come out and he's 10 pounds over, and well, eight and a half pounds over, and seemingly not fussed at all, no. uh, gives it a not bad as well as the du- double, kind of double gun salute. Um, and he doesn't bird. care. Flip the bird <laughs> as well to all the media. Uh, then we have a problem, right? Because uh, Nate Diaz is not, he's not stupid. He's not taking that fight. No. So who is stupid? Or who can we pay? Um, yeah. Now, to put this into context, weak card, iffy main event, iffy co-main. Yeah. Uh, here we got Hamza Chimaev, p- 
potentially costing the UFC in the region of 40 to 50 million dollars. People getting refunds for their tickets in this stadium. Mm-hmm. ESPN cancelling their deal. UFC yeah. getting blacklisted. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do, Dana? What are you going to do? He does the correct thing and books the card that it should have been in the first place. Thank God, by the way, Kevin Holland and Daniel Rodriguez was a catchweight fight. And that they those guys weighed what they did. And that the leech, by the way... Which, leech, which was 180 pounds. Yes. And the leech, by the way, was willing to fight a guy at that weight uh, in Daniel Rodriguez. So the UFC reshuffles it and makes it the main event, Nate Diaz versus Tony Ferguson, which is what the main event should have been in at the first place. At 170. Yep. That's what it should have been in the first place. Uh, Hamza Chimai faces Kevin Holland in the co-main event. Five rounds as well. Not that that was needed, but Kevin Holland requested that. And then Li Jingliang fought Daniel Rodriguez. And in theory, a better card. In theory. Yeah, well, Li Jingliang giving up £10, a massive £10 um, to Daniel Rodriguez. Considerable uh, weight advantage. And so, a much more difficult opponent as well. Like, that's... that's Li Jingliang got the raw Hey, Joe, I, I, I picked Tony by decision. So... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, having seen what how it all played out, I'm not sure I'd pick that one again if they do remake that in the future. Yeah. Um, now look, who gets the gold star? I think you kind of have to go through the fights now. Yeah. Um, and we have to talk about how they ended up to really give out the gold star. But I- I've got my man selected. I hope you've got someone in mind too. Oh yeah, I've got mine selected. Let's start now with the main event. Nate Diaz versus Tony Ferguson. A fight that had been talked about for many years as needing to happen two OGs of the game as it was billed going into this and it finishes in round four with Nate Diaz getting a guillotine with two minutes and nine seconds left of the round 209 Stockton baby and um, let's start with the actual fight itself and then we'll get to the narrative around it this was horrible wasn't it? <laughs> this was a horrible horrible experience watching this fight are you telling me it was just too real for you, Joe? These these OGs swanging and showing <laughs> showing the kids how it should be is that is that what was horrible? It was it was dreadful. Like this was dreadful. Like Nate Diaz is a fun fighter when he's got the right opponent in there. Conor McGregor, hell, even Anthony Pettis, you know, when they fought a couple years ago. But Tony Ferguson, we love Tony Ferguson. Uh, it's clear that we love Tony Ferguson. He is so far gone from washed that it's crazy. And in reality, I feel like Diaz should have got this finished a lot sooner. I mean, so, so I mean, so J- J- yeah, Joe, the alarm bells for me, they started uh, when Tony entered the octagon before Diaz even showed up. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tony was like um, kicking the. You know, kicking the board, the mm. kind of the parts of the octagon, the points on it, mm. and he was kind of like, kind of running from side to side, turning, and I was like, "What? It, it's, it's not looking so, it's not looking so fast here." No, you know, this is like if I asked my dad to uh, <laughs> to, to bring me a tea or something these days. <laughs> oh, bless um, him. My dad's eighty-five, and uh, Tony, he was looking so wooden, Joe. He just had no spring. He had no. It was crazy. I really, I was shocked by it. It was like some Z- Zumba class for old ladies watching him, watching him warm up. Jeez. I couldn't believe he couldn't turn around. It, it, it was, it was looking a bit like Chuck Liddell, like when he fought yeah. Tito for what? the third time, like or even Chuck Liddell towards the end of his run, like this. Is... Once, well, once the fight got going, that was really. I'm sorry to say, that's what came to mind because like one of Tony's signatures it is spinning it's the back elbows it's the yeah okay Granby rolls the Imanari yeah. rolls it's you know that's it wild elbows wild angles but he's just lost he's lost everything he's so slow it's it's <laughs> the thing is is that I don't think he's the thing with his game plan the fact that he's lost a step makes it look so much worse than it actually is because it's not like I was thinking about this the other the other day when we were talking about you know fighters with their longevity and we were talking about Aldo and the fact but Aldo's a counter striker like he's all right if someone's got a lot of speed around them because he'll just wait for you to come in and I was thinking about like Marlon Vera for example you know Marlon Vera is a very patient fighter 
you know, I feel like he's going to have longevity to his career because he doesn't rush into these things. He waits and bides his time and picks and chooses his shot. Whereas Tony Ferguson is the definition of an action fighter who gets out there and chases it. And when you lose that step, it is so noticeable. And it was really noticeable. And what makes it all the more annoying is that Tony had a really good game plan. Like, his game plan was kind of working. Like, it it was... It was I don't, I don't know. It was it was a risible fight in reality well, that was made well, only really acceptable for the fact it was Nate Diaz and Tony Ferguson and they were doing some weird stuff. I mean, what was cracking me up, and this is a, a little bit dark humour, but they kept saying to Tony, um, you know, stop turning your back on him. <laughs> and I'm like, guys, he's trying to spin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just taking so long. They think he's giving up his back when he's when he's uh, trying to escape out of position. But he's trying to spin there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you, you talk about the game plan of Ferguson. Uh, you know, he did, he did work the leg and he was hurting Nate Diaz. What chopping those low low kicks in the mm. third round? Of course, we had the uh, we had Diaz kind of feigning disinterest, you know, in the fight, kind of cheering up the crowd. I had some some friends texting me, "What's going on?" <laughs> and I told them, "Nate's Nate's hurt. He's absolutely those are hurting, stinging leg kicks. He doesn't want any more." Mm. And uh, and Tony kind of kind of gave him gave him a pause there. Didn't know how to deal with that. I think also. People forget about, like, Tony's training. Like, remember the videos that would come out of him, like, just kicking metal poles? Yeah. Do you remember the That's tra- been demonstrably proved that you should not. <laughs> <laughs> we now know. He was he was doing that training for the Khabib title fight. And it's like, well, maybe it could have been interesting if he landed some of those shots on Khabib if they actually ever fought. But, I mean, he's clearly blunted those limbs those bones as much as he can sh- to the point shin to shin in this in this one it was shin to shin on action ferguson was throwing them even after they'd been checked multiple times and like, he had a huge welt that was gushing from his leg yeah Didn't and stop him throwing and then also his face as well was getting busted up let's talk about can i talk about the landed by target significant strikes for these two uh, two opponents here so to the leg ferguson through 47% of his 42% of his strikes to the leg Diaz 8% to the body Ferguson 28 Diaz 20 to the head Tony 28 Diaz 70 mm. like Diaz busted him up on the feet when it came to the head strikes and I think that for me Ferguson had the right game plan but as you say you know going to the legs and then going to the body if it, I think he could have gone to the head a bit more but he had the right game plan, but due to the fact that he is so battered and he is just like two, three years past his best. I mean, oh, no, Joe, Joe, more I than mean, that, actually. It, it, it must be because the fall is t- it's just too steep. I've never seen anything like this. I've I mean, never seen somebody fall off the cliff like this. I think even in the Donald Cerrone fight where Ferguson destroyed Cerrone in reality. I mean, he lost the first round, but he came back and destroyed him in the second. That was still a diminished Ferguson at that stage. <laughs> Would you feel comfortable picking Tony Ferguson to beat Donald Cerrone now? Yes. Oh, well. I think I think Cerrone's that far gone. I mean, I know he's retired but now, but yeah, I'd still pick Ferguson. I, do, I, I think he'd be a lot more competitive. Like that's I mean, Come on, Nate Diaz is not finishing Tony Ferguson five years ago. No, he's God not getting no. close. No, I think Ferguson is more likely to finish him as well in a five-round fight those years ago. But that's the fight game, and that's what Tony Ferguson was willing to sacrifice with his ridiculous training, mm. with his crazy style. He blew his knee out, you know, um, before the Khabib fight, and then he came back, it was like five months later, fighting Pettis. And it's like he just rushed back from that I injury. Mean, and what, that what Tony's legacy is going to be then is like a warning... <laughs> It's a warning yeah. to the to the others in, in so many ways. Um, but uh, ultimately, he he, you know, the other funny thing here is his coaches were calling for um, him to shoot a shoot a takedown, and then also like you know during the going into the fight, he was talking about going back to basics and mm. hyping up his kind of uh, prior status as a as a division one wrestler. Yeah, D1 wrestler. Yeah, he was a D1 wrestler. And yeah, that he was going to go into these fundamentals with this with the team now that he's with, more traditional. Finally shoots a takedown, gets choked out almost immediately. Uh good stuff from from Nate. He's of course he's always had that in his game and yeah. and it was 
it was pretty quick when when the opportunity came up. But um, then we get to the kind of the summary of the fight. You get to the hold on. Oh, can I ask? Can I ask you something? Yeah. Well, let's talk about Diaz's performance just for a moment. I mean, there's nothing that we glean from this for him, is there? Other than he's got good jujitsu. He clearly trained to get taken down because he snatched that guillotine straight away. Yeah. But in terms of him, the fighter, it's kind of more the same, but not as good as it once was. I feel like I feel like when we saw him against Pettis, when we saw him in the two Connor fights, he was so good in those fights. I thought, but comparing well, him to this, it's just not the, the same. Connor fight, the Connor fight is always going to be a hard one to reflect on because he was the much bigger man at that time. Mm. Like he was. And it was, I think Connor definitely underestimated that going into the first fight. And there was a big mismatch on the mat. Yeah. yeah. And Connor did it correct for those things. And yeah, they had a close fight second time, but, but Connor overcame him. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, the Pettis fight, you know, that, that that was a great a great showing. I don't know. Well, I feel like Diaz, he's probably 85%, 80% of what he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's two things that's happened. One is the sport has moved on, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and two, Tony is, you know, ten percent yeah. of what he, it's just shocking. It's shocking. Mm. Um, so what do we think about Diaz? We think good for him. Oh, it was good great. To see, it was great to see a guy get one I mean, over on the UFC like this. But but Tony, he could have finished Nate. I mean that that wasn't that far away. It wasn't implausible in the third round. So- irritating that he went for that takedown as well in the fourth yeah. just keep chopping at the legs like what were his coaches seeing what what was your feeling joe what was your feeling at that point in the fight did you think that diaz was the closer to a finish did you think it would go the distance i thought he was fading like mm. i thought he was struggling i thought if tony just stuck to this of kick the legs throw to the body you know maybe try and throw a bit more to the head then maybe he could have got a decision because i'm going to ask you here how did you score this fight? Because I've seen numbers all over the place for how people scored it. So, quite honestly, Joe, I never thought this was going five rounds. Uh, after the first round, I think I, I think I let you know, kind of in live time, mm. that I was really my, I was just so sad mm. for Tony. <laughs> After the first round, uh, funnily enough, I gave him that round. Mm. Uh, but after that, my pencil, out of respect, it, it, it hit the mat. And, and I, uh, but I, I didn't think it was... I didn't... No, I don't want to say it didn't deserve to be scored. Or it didn't need to be scored. But you, just, you just felt sick at the thought of doing it. A little bit. I just... Mm. I didn't find it a sporting spectacle. Fair enough. And I didn't dignify it with, with scoring it. Fair enough. Um... I mean, we normally ask what's next for these guys when we do our review episode, but what's next for Nate is probably boxing or something else ridiculous. And for Tony, it should be hanging the gloves up. Like well, that, or Tony's Tony's back, Joe. You didn't hear him post-fight? It was a sad, sad sight, wasn't it? Him with that, <laughs> that terrible die job saying, <laughs> I'm back, baby. And it's like... <laughs> but, okay, okay, yes. It, that was tragic. But... I don't know, on some level, like, he was so happy in defeat. I mean, that is turning a corner. Yeah. He was, the, he was the, like, he relishes being the company man. Yeah. Uh, and he was an ultimate company man here. I don't know, he got a, he got a showing, he got paid. Yeah, just, he what, he what, has a family. Yeah. So what do we do? Do we give him, like, we give him, like, Robbie Lawler or something? Do we give him Clay Guida? Enters- <laughs> yes. We give him Jim Miller? No, come! Whoa, uh, you think you think, I think Miller, Miller smokes be, him? I think I think Miller smokes him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that, that's crazy. No, but he's. I think it's Chuck Liddell catch weight. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what we're talking about for Tony. Really, right, Joe? Right. Let's let's move on. Let's move let's on. Move on. Yeah. Let's move on to the cutting edge of the sport. Hamzat Shemaev defeats Kevin Holland. Yeah, just to round up, my gold medal. It didn't go to either of those guys. Okay, uh, fair four. enough. Star of the sport. Hamzat Shemaev defeats Kevin Holland in round number one by Das Choke. He had that Das Choke locked in for a good minute of that round of him just... Holland fighting as best he could. Credit to Holland. Real credit to Holland there, but my God. Shemaev shut him out. Holland... I'm going to read off the stats in a second. Well, it's no significant strikes again, isn't it, Joe? It's like... Uh, let me get the stats up here. Holland, right. 
No significant strikes thrown or landed. Total strikes, none thrown or landed. Chimayev, zero for one on significant strikes, one of two on on total strikes, two out of five takedowns, and two sub-attacks. The fight was two minutes 13, and Chimayev had control for one minute 56 of the fight. That is insane. That Like, he he shut him out to such an incredible level. Chimaev, for whatever you want to say about his personality, I think there's some some things that need to be sorted out there. I think he's got... Jack real... Slack thinks, he, thinks he's simple. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> That's what he thinks the problem is. You know what? I, I don't want to take credit, but I was having that thought in his post-fight interview. I think there's something up with this guy. I think there's something missing. Like, I, I feel like he could be maybe quite easily distracted. You know, mm. I'm not saying with, like, a set of keys jingling in his face or anything, but I I, I do think there is something there. <laughs> is that the key, Joe? Have you just found the uh, the key? To, like, what's this? If Kevin, if, if Kevin Holland, instead of, like, instead of, like, raising his hand out to feel him out, he just had a bit of keys here and then just something slipped shame. to left hand down the middle. Yeah, maybe. Um... I, I think Chimaev, he's quite something, but um, I, I don't, what, what do we do with this guy? I mean, I said it before, the fight is obviously Colby Covington. Like, oh you, if you're going to... Come on, man. Covington's not faced anyone of any significance in the rankings other than Usman ever in the UFC. Or maybe Damian Meyer at, at the time that he beat him. Yes. Uh, and that, let me... Let me, let me... Let me bring up one big glaring problem with that fight. Uh, are we going to let Hamzat fight at 170? Just just like that? No problem? Doesn't matter, bro? I say give him a fight at 185 before the end of the year. And then tell All right. him. All right, hold on. March. On. March. Who, who, who's that? Covington. Because there, there, there are people saying Robert Whitaker. Oh. Did you see, <laughs> yeah. uh, Chim- see Chimaev talking about Whitaker? No, no, I haven't seen. That he thing. said he said he's not interested in fighting him because he likes him, mm. and it's like I think you know that Whitaker would smoke you, bro. Like, I really? Would... Do, do you do you know that? In my heart of hearts, I think Robert Whitaker defeats Hamzat Chimaev. Joe, if that is true, make that fight. Make that fight. I'm sorry. Like, you really, really? I think like, I, 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 I do beat him. Oh my god! I, I want to see it. I would say it'd be like, amazing. I, I love I love Whitaker, and of course I give him I give him every every credit. But come on, let's let's just think about what we've seen from Chimaev. Chimaev is the best one round fighter in the UFC currently. We know that he's the best one round. Is he the best fighter in the UFC? The only way to do that is to prove it by going out there and facing Robert Whitaker. The Robert Whitakers of the world, the Gilbert steel Burns sharp and steel. Mm. It's true. It's true. Are you going to go out there? Like, listen, he could go out there and face. What about Marvin Vittori? Yeah, I mean, Vittori? that's that, that's what that's what I was leaning towards. Yeah, yeah, Vittori. yeah that'd, be, that'd be interesting if he fought Vittori. That'd be really interesting. Imagine if he knocks out Vittori. Oh my days! That's <laughs> like, not po- uh, d- that's not possible. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> that can't I'll, be done. I'll take that bet. <laughs> if that if that fight happens, I'll take that bet. Um, yeah, that's what I would do. Or unless you want to give him a soft middleweight fight, like I don't know. I, I just don't think... say don't say Brunson. There's no one. Sorry, no, no, no. What? Well, like who who are you gonna? I mean, Paulo Costa. <laughs> oh my days! It's weird how like I'm way more excited for him at middleweight than I am at welterweight. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Anyway. Well, I th- it could be that it's because we got a champ, a British champ, finally, and uh, would I'd rather move Hamza away from from him now? Well, I th- I also think Leon Usman three is the only fight to be making there. Like, Abs- are we going to disrespect? Are we going to disrespect Usman for the sake of this guy who couldn't make weight? For no, 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 no question, no question. That's not a discussion. I mean, the other thing on Chimaya before we move on to um to Kevin Holland, the post fight interview, Joe. Is there any comments that stood out for you? Uh, well, I don't know if I can air them on here <laughs> without attracting suspicion from uh, anti-terrorism organizations. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to. Yeah, well, I'm not. 
I'm not gonna. Uh, should I put it put it in? I don't know what to do. Like, I, 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 I don't think we can. Like, I was, I was commenting on it to friends and and to yeah. you, indeed. And honestly, typing typing out word for word what he said, I was like, oh my god, I'm, <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I need a, I need to be doing this with a VPN because it's just yeah. <laughs> no, he, but he said it live in front of an American crowd, almost Scr- on the anniversary of nine eleven. Oh god, I didn't even think of that. Oh god, he was screaming it as well into the microphone. Listeners, if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, go look it up and you'll figure out what the sentence is. Yeah, that's that's a really good point actually. That's that's yeah, that's a bit mad. I found something out, out uh, about Chimaev as well in the weigh-in thing. So I was listening to the Ariel Hawani show on the Ringer Spotify channel where they're commentating on the weigh-ins as they happen. And they had this uh, British, I'm oh, sorry, Irish journalist uh, there who was covering it. And he was at the weigh-ins and he was talking about, he was seeing Dana and he, and he was looking at Dana's face. He was getting really red and angry. But anyway, apparently uh, Chimaev in Sweden is discussed in the media, but not for his fighting. It's more for his links to Kadyrov and the Russian and Russian uh, politicians and stuff like that. Like Chimaev is such a brash, loud personality that I think that, I mean, if we do go with the Jack Slack theory that he's simple, um, he's going to get himself in a lot of trouble sooner rather than later. And I think he needs to just stick to the catchphrases of, I will smash him and that. I I don't, I mean, I don't think he will be an all-time great. I'm saying it now. Who, Chimaev? Yeah. Why? Why do you say that? I mean, like, not talking about in sporting terms. I'm talking about in, in, like, legacy and what he goes on to achieve in the Uh, sport. Right. And, like, longevity, you know? So, when you say that, so then, by that that measure, then, who would you consider, then, all-time greats? Um, I would have guys like Anderson Silva um, and GSP and Kamara Usman now. Daniel Cormier. Daniel Cormier. Max Holloway. Jose Aldo, Miocic, ultimately a heavyweight. Yeah, these are all household Ngannou. names. Ngannou. He's on, he's on the cusp, yeah. maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's on the cusp. If, if they do um, what Dana said of doing an event in Africa, like he's looking at yeah, venues in Africa, I mean, the, the, and, the, he, the, and he defends the title. Sold. Oh my God, yeah. for sure. Could you, for sure. Can you imagine the scenes, by the way, of that? Ngannou in Beautiful. Camero- Cameroon. Be- Beautiful stadium, stadium going crazy. It'd be incredible, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be all, incredible. I think about, by the way, all the fighters that would want to be on that card, who are like very open and proud about their African heritage. Yeah, yeah you could you could have one of the most amazing cards. Like, yeah, yeah, amazing. like icon- iconic. You know, Rumble in the Jungle. Yeah, yeah thriller. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, not thriller yeah. in Manila, but. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that that sort of moment, that sort of moment. Anyway, let's talk about Kevin Holland. I'm going to ask you a question. Oh, sorry, unless there was something about Chimai if you wanted to bring up. Yeah, well, just I think you we underlined it with the kind of names we're throwing in there. Um, I just don't think Chimai will, will be looked upon affectionately with 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 the likes of those guys. You know the weight the weight cutting issues as well. Um, I honestly think that he didn't take this week seriously. I think he was expecting just to walk through Nate Diaz. And I think that his team messed up. I know that he only got his visa to get into the US for mon- on Monday, meaning that he could only land on the Tuesday. So he didn't have enough days really to acclimatize. But that still doesn't excuse the fact that he didn't make weight. Guys have made weight on less. You know, I think Masvidal and Usman, when they fought for the first time, like when they made weight like that... They were not in a position to do that, and they did it. Chimaev had everything in his favour. Yeah. Everything it, in his favour, and he didn't do it. I mean, like, we obviously, we never know. We never know. There could be something, some legitimate reason. It seems deeply unprofessional. It's comfortable to shit on him. But then you it's like you add in the context and how he took it and how he portrayed it. Mm. Um, and, and obviously his comments post-fight. Yeah, I mean, his willingness to fight Diaz anyway in the first place. And it's just, yeah, that's what... all It's the whole picture together, which um, 
which makes me feel pretty comfortable in saying that. But, you know, it's uh, he certainly has the potential. It's, it's it's in his hands. Then you also look, sorry, just last thing on Shimai, if you look at the whole COVID thing, the retirement, and, you know, like the boom and bust, like, mm. yeah, I don't know. I've, could he go off the rails? Could he do something outside the ring? Some personal adversity, will that stop him? I, I, yeah. You mean like a John Jones sort of scenario of him doing something crazy in his personal well, life? You notice who I didn't notice when we talked about all-time greats and, you know, Hall of Fame. <laughs> it was Jones, that man, yeah. John Jones, you know? Yeah. And it, obviously his legacy is a bit questionable in hindsight. Um, so, Kevin Holland, Joe. That's your, that's your gold medal guy, isn't of, it? Of, of course it is, because he <laughs> he was asked how he felt about the fight. In in UFC terms, they were, it was Megan O'Leary, I think. How do you feel about you know the new matchup? Do you fancy your chances <laughs> here? And he was like, oh, hell no. Fuck no. <laughs> but I'm, at least I'm going to get paid, you know? And, uh, and I hope he did, because, you know, he did what he could. It, it was a couple of Grambies. They looked pretty nice. It, maybe he improved well. defense better than he we've seen well. in the past. But um, he, he got absolutely smoked there. No, no I'll shame tell you what, it. If he breaks out those Granbys against some other welterweights, yeah, he's I, I think he's getting, I think he's getting out. He's getting out. Yeah, um, yeah I, I think he came out with a lot of credit. And frankly, like uh, another, well, the next two guys we're going to talk about, he should be rewarded with his next fight. Um, Who's that going to be? Well... Is well, now Kevin Holland? Is he going to be a welterweight or a middleweight? What's, he's what's a well, the deal? Welterweight. He's going. He's making the run at welterweight. Mm. Okay. Um, if we go on that rationale, I think him versus Wonder Boy. I think that's a just. He called for that fight, and I think that's a that's a fair reward. Wonder Boy says he doesn't want to face a wrestler. He wants to face a striker. He definitely ain't going to be wrestled against Holland. You know, I think that that's a fair fight. I think that's going to be a fun fight as well. You know, I think that and their combination of personalities, I think they would mix well together. I wonder about someone like Jorge Masvidal for Kevin Holland. It's a huge oh. fight. Sounds fun yeah. though, doesn't it? That does sound fun. I know that um, Masvidal Burns is close to being done, but... Does that sound fun? We're all about the fun that... here on Hold On, I'm Talking Brother. <laughs> I think Burns should be rewarded for taking Chimaev and having one of the best fights of the year. Get a get a win over Masvidal and you know get himself moving back up. Get maybe a Colby fight, something along those lines, like moving up in that direction. I mean Burns Masvidal, that would be fourth versus ninth already. Burns is kind of past that level, isn't he? What about Burns Bilal? Well, Bilal's facing Brady in October, so okay. maybe the winner of that fight. But that again, does that do much for Burns's name? Burns versus Covington would be good because mm. the other thing with Burns is that he can crack. Like, mm. he's got heavy, heavy hands, and oof, could be interesting to see. Anyway, we're talking about fighters that I've been fighting on this card. Let's talk about uh, Li Jingliang versus Daniel Rodriguez. The, uh, Rodriguez wins uh, a split decision over Lee. I'm going to ask you straight up, how did you score this fight? I gave it to the leech. Uh, I gave the first and the second round without any hesitation to, mm. to the leech, and, and the third, a bit questionable for me. Uh, that's the exact same scoring for me. I gave the third to Rodriguez, rounds one and two to the Leech. I yeah. thought the Leech was—I thought the Leech was really good, really yeah. good combinations. Great, in, good, strong single striking, sure. good uh, combination of power punching off the right and left immediately, switching his stances, made Rodriguez uh, kind of look a bit pedestrian. Well, one more, th- one more huge factor there: great head movement. Um, yeah, getting off the center line, which you know was not totally neutralizing, but really limiting. Um, Rodriguez to to jabs, you know. Rodriguez, he was very one-dimensional. Mm-hmm. Um, that jab was finding a home on occasion, but the leech was just just liquid, fluid. Do you know what the leech hit as well, which I love, which is the Dustin Poirier jab straight, stepping through into the straight from the other hand. So you go, let's say, jab with the left hand, straight with the right hand, step through, straight with the left hand. Did that a couple times. I was just like, oh, splooge. I love it. <laughs> Rodriguez, he was hitting the jab, but like not that much. Like, no. the, I, I think it was a little bit overrated, to be honest. And you know, he only had three weeks to prepare for Kevin Holland. He's probably thinking, right, I got to try and jab and get in on takedown. And this guy has to take the leech on a day's notice. Yeah, these guys aren't going to have a great performance with a day's notice. A particular hold, hold, leech. Up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Elephant in the room here. Yeah, which was the weight differential. 
you, you, I'm not going to give a sympathetic view to Daniel Rodriguez here. No, no, no. That is a leech. considerable uh, advantage to already have not had to cut down those 10 pounds mm. um, before the weight, you know, that you can actually balloon up to in the fight. Um so I th- I think D Rod's got to give a better account of himself. Now the judges gave it to him. Really frustrating. Dana, Dana didn't give it to him in the post-fight mm. press conference. He was very clear that he gave it to the leech, and he said I wasn't sure what the judges saw. Um, but I think he was pretty soft on Brady. I'm uh, sorry, Brady uh, Rodriguez for his performance. Um, but yeah, I think Leach he got the shit end of the stick here. Didn't get to show off his suit at the press conference. <laughs> got given an opponent who's bigger than him quite significantly and a lot more difficult than Tony Ferguson. Won the fight and <laughs> did nothing for like, didn't get any sort of, I don't know. And yeah, didn't get his win money. I mean, yeah. ridiculous. Anyway. So we got, got to reward him be... with a proper matchup then. And that's why I was kind of thinking Wonderboy. I think Wonderboy should either be matched up with Leach or Holland. Do it for the December pay-per-view. They should that both Holland and the Elite should be rewarded with a big fight on the December pay-per-view. Agreed. Like that should be their reward. You know, it's going to be a big spot on the main card. They should get that. Hell, why not match them up with each other? That could be a fun, fun fight to have. Maybe early next year. But I don't know. Maybe. Well, actually, what about this? Leech versus Masvidal. Wow, Jesus. That's very, very generous. I mean, the leech has become something of a fan favorite. He is, you know, he's really emerging yeah. into that into that space. Uh, Masvidal would would define him as that. I'd find that an interesting, interesting matchup. I think um, also that the leech's story is kind of people cottoned on to it. Did you see him being interviewed this week and him sort of breaking down a little bit, talking about how he's been away from his family for a year, basically, yeah. just training. Sacrifices. And it's like, you know, you don't really see that sort of emotion before a fight and he seems like a just a really nice guy like he really and and shows a lot of respect to his opponents the leech masvidal is never happening it should though it's never happening they they, should never they would never make that fight it should happen though they might make holland versus masvidal um I wonder what will happen to the Leech's spot in the rankings here. You know, he's at 14. He should have won the fight. D-Rod, he is just outside the rankings, although he didn't even make the weight. Um, so Leech should, should keep his ranking. So, I mean, there is Michel Pereira below him. Maybe he drops out in favour of D-Rod. Should he, should he get a ranking off the back no. of this? No. Right. Didn't even, okay. He wasn't at the weight. No. Like, no. Uh, to me, there's no rankings movement. Neither should Hamza move in the rankings if he if he is going to be. Right, let's talk about this. Uh, Irena Aldana defeats uh, Macy Chiasson with upkick um, to the liver, I yes. guess is how, how would you describe it? I thought it was yes. quite a good fight, actually. Um, some uh, That armbar from Aldana in the first round, that was brutal. Some nice uh, submission transitions there. And then in the second round, Chiasson with some really good grappling. I thought she was starting to take it away from Aldana there. Um, gets Aldana to the ground, stands above her, and then Aldana up kicking. When you first saw this, did you think that it was an up kick to the liver, or was it something else that you thought had happened? <laughs> I thought there was an active sh- active shooter. Because um, <laughs> she's just low blow. F- oh yeah, to the to the yeah. nethers, to the nethers, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, she folded immediately. In hindsight, mm. that is that is classic liver shot response that mm. just because we've never seen that in the entire history of the sport i didn't really consider that she had laser precision liver kicked her <laughs> from the bottom of course With i don't think heel. that is what happened they asked yeah they asked her did she train that um <laughs> <laughs> come on Joe, she didn't train that she was no. fighting for her life throwing up kicks and she happened to hit the button and got got away good. with one got lucky good good for her um yeah good for her i think that this probably Justifies a, a title shot for her. She's won <laughs> three in a row. No, and everyone else that's ranked above her has faced Nunes and lost. So why not, oh, bro? God. There is a problem with that, though, Jay. And what? that would perpetuate the misery, which is women's featherweight. <laughs> and or I bantamweight. Object. Uh, is it, I thought it was... Is it bantamweight? No, they didn't make it was, weight. It was 140 catch weight because Chiasom wasn't going to be able to make weight and then... 
Aldana agreed just to up the weight, which is, by the uh, way, that's uh, always well, such a stupid move. I, like, I take it back. Like, no, I'm, I'm making weight. weight. I'm, I'm not ready to scrap women's pantom weight. Sorry, sorry, ladies. I, I take it back. I, th- I thought, because of the size of these women, Chiasun being the biggest female fighter on the roster at 5'11", I yeah. thought it was a featherweight bout. There was one earlier on, Joe. Mm. Um, oh, no Danielle more. Wolf. No more, Joe. Make it stop. <laughs> that was awful. That was an awful, awful fight. Anyway, let's talk about what opened this main card. Johnny Walker defeated Ion Kutilaba in round one with a rear naked choke. Not something that I would have predicted. Um, no, you'd have made, made bank. I think it was 14 to one, something something like that. It's crazy, crazy, crazy number. Um, Kutilaba, as we talked about last week, he's become a slightly more measured fighter recently, uh, which in turn has then led to losing uh, two fights in a row, one of which to Ryan Spann. Um, you know, he's not on a good run. One win in five, I think. Uh, I think we need to bring back the old Eon. I think we need the Eon who empties the tank in the first round. That's what we need back, not this measured Kutilaba. Um, otherwise, he's going to have to leave the UFC, I think. I mean, with one win in your last five, it is that kind of kind of discussion that needs to be had. I mean, I don't think he's washed. I don't think he's finished. No. Um, I, I don't know who I'd comfortably match him up with and expect him to, to beat, though. Um... Devin Not Clark. a ranked opponent. Yeah, <laughs> again, didn't? <hasn't> he <laughs> oh yeah, he just fought him. Yeah, uh, Alonzo Menafield. Oh my God, he smokes Menafield. <laughs> unless, unless he goes, you know, toe for toe, swanging. He's got to, he's got to wrestle the likes of Menafield. But ultimately, we should be talking about Johnny Walker. Yes, Is he back, mate. Joe? No, he's not. He's still rubbish. But uh, we'll. I mean, it was nice to see him get a win. He's a character. He's an odd bloke. If he's locked in now, maybe he can put a bit of a run together. Um, you know, he, he'll be a fun character if he can sort of get a bit of a run going. And as long as he gets a, a, an agreeable matchup, I think well, that, it that's doesn't the most important se- thing. It doesn't seem like that's what he's going to get, Joe, uh, given his treatment post-fight. Oh, yes! <laughs> Tom, tell well, us what just, happened. I mean, this should probably be the photograph of the episode cover here. But, but you know, Johnny Walker... One of the high-profile starts of the sport uh, on the main card. Wins by submission. First time in his UC career. Gets a big win. Crowd loves it. Uh, he probably leaves with his kind of superstar coach, Connor's coach, um, John Kavanagh. John Kavanagh. And uh, <laughs> he thinks he's going back to uh, kind of get some eyes, look over his injuries and, um, and watch the rest of the fight. But no, son. He's ushered out the back of the arena. Kick mm. straight out, no shoes, mate, no top, no medical attention, yeah. no hanging around watching the fights. Get out of here, son. Sling your hook. Incredible, yeah. incredible picture um, yes. on John Kavanagh's Twitter of a shoeless Johnny Walker who's just fought in front of God knows how many thousands of people wandering around uh, in the car park having been kicked out of the venue. A man walking around without shoes, only in his pants in Las Vegas. Probably not that shocking of a sight, is it? But <laughs> let's... Yeah, I mean, it's madness, isn't it, that he was treated this way? Again, Dana was asked about this, and he's like, it's some COVID protocol, he said. Uh, I, don't, I don't think Vegas is taking that seriously anymore, so I'm not having that, mate. Um, yeah, just very odd. Very, very odd. Uh, let's talk about the prelims. Uh, was there a fight that stood out for you on the prelims? Um, that you want to, to shout out? I think you have to pick out uh, Barnett, the big fella. Uh, partly. Barnett. Barnett, not Barnett. He's got a hell of a Barnett on him, mate. I yeah. don't know what you're referring to. I mean, <laughs> overcomes massive adversity outside of the ring and then also inside of the ring, having been mm. grounded and beaten in the first round only to come back momentum style as we have seen before at heavyweight and um and finish his opponent uh the other thing that was notable here joe was another just bizarre action on the part of the ufc have you seen this what's this uh well chris barnett is a heavyweight and he uh got hit by another heavyweight promptly taken to the hospital after the fight to be checked out uh all good green light 
let's get him back so he can watch the rest of the, the main card. Steps outside looking for the cab, uh, only to find that the UFC have forgotten about him. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just roaming around outside again at night in Vegas, battered and bruised. Uh, fortunately, one of his team is with him. Right. They forgot about him, Joe. They didn't, they didn't get him a cab or anything. He was on the, He was on his. He was on his Instagram live streaming, asking his fans to come and pick him up, take him back to the venue. <laughs> <laughs> this is ludicrous. What a weird card this was. Yeah. I mean, multiple fighters missing weight. Um, fighters being treated like absolute dirt, and not just in the booking. Um, I mean. Really just quite an odd card, wasn't it, all, all in all? One that I think we'll happily forget and never want to talk about it again. Um, I mean, what I'm worried about, Joe, is ultimately, you know, people... I think more people bought the pay-per-view because of all these shenanigans. Mm. Uh, the UFC does thrive on this. This is the WWE st- side of the UFC, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, Vince, sp- Vince, Vince is gone now, so you need someone to step up into that mantle, don't you? If, uh... Well, this is, the way to, this is the way to do it. I just worry that they feel that, you know, this is the way to go. Just like, just fuck it. Fuck the fighters. <laughs> fuck the fans. They'll buy it anyway. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I, I do worry that if they... That they, if this does sell well, that they will in turn just think, well, we can just not really try that much when it comes to some of these cards. Just put some personality on there and whatever, and do some terrible matchmaking. Um, did, but who did knows? you did you have a fight from the prelims that you you caught your attention? That was the main one for me, Barnett. I thought it was an excellent heavyweights, you know, bit of slop. Nothing <laughs> wrong with that. And every now and again. Uh, but also, Gilton Almeida defeating Anton uh, Turkalsh. I believe is how you say his name. Almeida is... Whew, that guy's impressive. He absolutely manhandled him. And uh, at light heavyweight and heavyweight, I think this guy's a problem. I think he should make the run at light heavyweight. I think this guy's got serious, serious potential. Because I've seen his fights in the UFC. No one's been able to stop this guy so far. Um... Yeah, I'd like to see him get a, a decent opponent at light heavyweight. Maybe a Krilov, you know, something along those lines, maybe. I think that could be a fun one. Maybe um, you can get a Wikipedia page first before we match him <laughs> up with the bright lights of the division. But yeah, a great a great showing uh, for him, for sure. Uh, I did mm. want to give one quick mention, uh, kind of a an apology, really, to oh, yeah. Julian Arosa. Yeah, bro, you got to uh, say sorry here. It was, it was great I, Solid uh, performance, I, I, I Absolutely. It absolutely was. He, he looked absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely mm. phenomenal against a, a really um, well-qualified opponent, one who, who we both expected to make light work of, of Erosa, but it, it wasn't a B. All three rounds I gave them to Julian yep. Erosa against Hakim Dawadu. Um, beautiful. Excellent. Really, really good performance. Um, kind of really exposed our do, like he he highlighted well, his flaws and he, he, he beat him everywhere, Joe. Yeah, there was there was no uh, when it got to the ground as well. Like Arosa was in total total control. It's really really impressive performance. Uh, yes, yeah, a fair play to Arosa. Right, Tom. Let's. Uh... Oh, by the way, my gold medal does go to the leech for. Taking maybe other than Chimaev the most unfavorable matchup possible. I mean, literally, if they offered him Johnny Walker or Kutalaba, I think that would have been a more beneficial fight for the leech. Anyway, let's talk about the news. Let's talk about this. This is tragic, tragic news. Uh, Elias Theodoru, formerly of the UFC uh, middleweight division, um, died yesterday, I believe, of uh, cancer. Uh, was it? Of the liver, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, 34 years old. Um, you know, to make it to the UFC and become ranked and to fight ranked guys and beat ranked guys, you have to be a talented fighter, and that is exactly what Theodore was. Had a very distinct style, that sort of karate style uh, as well. Um, and yeah, this is a real shame. He started to seem to turn it around had uh, three fights after getting three wins after getting cut from the UFC seemed to be making a good run of it maybe get back into the UFC's uh, 
promotion. Um, and then he gets uh, hit with uh, cancer and struck down from there. And uh, it's, it's a real shame. And it's kind of it's horrifying to think that a man of that age uh, would go uh, from that. Uh, Absolutely. Very, very sad news. Yeah, as a man around my around that age myself, you know, it, um, it does does bring the kind of value of life and the value of every day into focus. Um, Theodoro kept it kind of kept it secret. He was competing as recently as December of 2021, um, as mm. you say, on a th- on a three fight streak as well. Uh, well liked. People gave a good account of him, you know, as mm. a, as a personality, um, something of an advocate for. Uh, medicinal cannabis use, um, which you know I think has been shown now to have quite a lot of a value in in a variety of contexts. Um, yeah, it was actually yeah, I mean one of the first fighters I think, if not the first fighter to to get an exemption for medical cannabis use. So yeah, I, I believe he was. Yeah, sad news and um, uh, well, best wishes to those close to him. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. It's um. Tragic, tragic news. Um, I don't know really how to move on from that, to be honest, no, Tom. No uh, appropriate yeah, way. Uh, there, there is no appropriate way. We do have one more piece of news uh, that will hopefully cheer the people up um, after that. Um, Joaquin Buckley. We love Buckley on this podcast, as you well know. He uh, posted a video uh, whilst watching Chimaya versus Holland in the arena, and he was talking mad smack and he's talking how he's coming down to 170, bro. And he said, Chimaev, if you're still there, I'll face you and I'll smack you around. And he even called him a hoe. He's out. He's out. Hey, 170 is my new division. Fuck what y'all talking about. 170 is my new division. They're not going to give me Hobbs out, but I'm telling you this right now. If Hobbs out fight me, it's done. Bitch, I wrestle too, ho. Bitch, I um, it was quite a promo, as per usual, from Joaquin. Only 17 seconds, but brother, that's all you need to produce some absolute solid gold. Joaquin at 170, we uh, sort of hinted at it on the last podcast. This is probably the correct move uh, for him, don't you think, Tom? Correct move for humanity, Joe. Mm. Bring it on. Uh, that's a delicious prospect. I mean, we found out in the last fight with Imovov, uh, game as he was... Uh, moral though his victory was in the cage he did ultimately lose the fight and that was giving up that just huge range uh, massive reach disadvantage and um, you know you ca- you cannot be throwing five strikes to land one so welterweight seems the appropriate classroom I don't think he's gonna gonna lose any of that physique Joe I, mm. I, I, I don't think so I don't no. know what's gonna go from that frame but um, no. it'll still be glorious indeed I, I uh, by the way so there's some great matchups for him at Wellsway, including a rematch with Kevin Holland. Like, that would be incredible. Uh, the first fight that popped into my mind, though, um, he's not going to get it, but him versus Vincente Luque? Oh, oh my God. Splooge. Oh, my God. But, Joe, give give the man, give the man you know, a warm-up oh, yeah. before you... Oh, yeah. Him, what about... Tim what, Means. I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. Tim, Tim Means. That's who he should be facing. I By mean, the way, they, I, they I, let Holland have that one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but you know, I there's a lot of fights I'm excited Joe, to, uh, to see. Now the the comedy one that I immediately am drawn to is Michelle Pereira. Oh right, I was going to say Jorge Masvidal, but yeah, Michelle Pereira that would be that would be mad if he, uh, he fought him. <laughs> God, Pereira versus Buckley that would be Just incredible. Full juice, full yeah. Two Goliaths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about Nico Price as a warm up? Maybe. Yep. Yep. I hope I hope that's not a banana skin, but yeah, I I think he I think he smokes price, doesn't he? I think yeah, I think he's evolved. I do. I really I really think Buckley's evolved, and I I very much doubt that Nico Price has. So yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I, I yeah, I'm really I'm really drawn to this division for Buckley, because um, also I know that Imovov took him down and took his back, but Buckley defended well after that, and he actually defended well on the ground anyway. So I think other than your... Well, and, high... and then got up, Joe, and won the third round. If he that did. went five rounds, Whacking Buckley would be uh, next up for the belt for me. So, uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Right, let's look ahead to this Saturday. 
uh, a Fight Night card headlined by an absolute banger. Um, Corey Sandhagen versus Song Yadong. This is this is tremendous, isn't it? And the question is, can Song Yadong step up to the level of Sandhagen? Uh, we've talked about it in previous weeks when talking about this fight, and the answer is a unanimous no. We like Song Yadong, but my word, he is no Corey Sandhagen. Certainly, Joe. Uh, I think you summed it up best there. I mean, that's a pretty, pretty big gap to jump. Uh, and yeah. I think Song Yadong is going to find himself talking about gaps to jump. I, I really, I think the the height differential between these two will compound the issues that you would expect Song Yudong to find against the type of striker that you get in Corey Stanhagen. The, in, the interesting thing here is it's going to be a striking battle, but Song Yudong, he's quite a conventional kickboxer in terms of how he how he works, whereas Sandhagen, he's happy going backwards. He can go forward as well. He's got unconventional striking. He's moving side to side. And also, he can draw people into his attacks, most notably being the Frankie Edgar knockout, you know, and he's strong going backwards and forwards. And he was also in our fight of the year four last year against Piotr Jan, an absolute barn burner classic. And um, to go toe to toe with Piotr Jan like that, not many people get to do that. And Sandhagen did indeed do that um, on that night, coming up a bit short, but still, nonetheless, an incredible performance. Now, I think what we can see here in this matchup, for me, uh, we have been really holding Bantamweight in high esteem, um, just mm. absolutely jam-packed with talent, hard to mm. separate them. But what I think we see in this fight is that there is levels to this game, even at Bantamweight. And what yeah. I'm saying there, Joe, is we've kind of got the, the, the creme de la creme, the leading part of the pack. It's a big pack. It contains... Mm. Corey Sanhagen, Murad Devashvili, Petr Jan, Aljamain, uh, TJ Dillashaw is in there as well. And I think Marlon Vera and perhaps Aldo rounding Jose out Aldo. Yeah. that top pack. And then the chasing pack, um, some of them kind of running out of petrol quite quickly. Do- Dominic Cruz, Rob Font, uh, Rob Font Pedro Munoz, uh, and... I think Song Yudong is going to be trapped. He's going to be trapped amongst that kind of crowd. Mm. Um, uh, Frankie Edgar would be in there too. And then, Frankie Edgar? Jesus. Like he's well, well below that pack. Not according to the rankings, Joe. He's still sat there at, at, at 12th somehow. But but yeah, you're of course right. Um, we know in actuality it's different. Uh, of course, there are some guys, young hot prospects, who could emerge and come to the top of the pack. And we're looking Giannis. at the likes of... Ricky Simon, Yanez, Jack Shaw, maybe Sean O'Malley. Jack Shaw, he obviously had that big setback. So I'm not yeah, he's, he had his fight with Kyler Phillips cancelled as well after uh, getting an injury. Uh, but yeah, we got um, also Umar Nurmagomedov, uh, who can make that run. So it'd be there's it's still great. It's an incredible but, division, but incredible. there's a little little gap opening out after yeah. number six after the great Jose Aldo. Can I run through the rest of this card and I'll read the fights off for the main card and then I want you to give me who you think will win the fight. Sounds fair, Tom? Sounds fair. At 185, Anthony Hernandez versus Mark andre Barrio. Ooh. Um, I will have Anthony Hernandez. Cool. Uh, Alan... Uh, Amadovsky versus Joseph Pfeiffer at 185. Pfeiffer's uh, promotional debut. <laughs> Pfeiffer's coming in hot, Joe. He's gonna, he's gonna take this one by decision. Wow, this is this is gonna be a banger of a fight here at 145. Andre Feely versus Bill Algio. I'm all over Bill Algio. Quietly yep. simmering away there. Same here, Bill Algio for me. And then this one, this is stonking at middleweight. Chidi. Injokwani versus Gregory Robocop Rodriguez. Woo boy! Fantastic. What I mean, minute? What minute of round one is that going to finish? <laughs> uh, yeah, Gregory Rodriguez has looked excellent. Um, mm. Super excited to see him now after that last fight against uh, against the Cuban fella who goes Julian by the Marquez. name. Of... That's right. Yeah, that was a that was a great showing. Um, yes, I I suspect Rodriguez will top off that performance with another one here and continue to surge up the rankings excellent uh listeners thank you so much for joining us 
uh, I'll be back next week to uh, talk about that Sandhagen Sonya Don card. Tom may be joining me. I'm not too sure. Um, but anyway, listeners, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you can contact us at holdonbrother69 at gmail.com. Uh, rate, review, spread the words. And um, yeah, we'll be back soon. Tom, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks a lot, Joe. Good night, everybody. <laughs>